Get this. Pinterest is the number one way I drive traffic to my content. It beats traffic from Instagram and Facebook combined. If you want to learn my strategy that requires less than an hour a week and is responsible for traffic, leads, and real sales, then save your seat for my totally free, completely live training on all things Pinterest. Join me now at teachmetopin.com to learn my easy Pinterest strategy to autopilot and 20x your traffic. That's teachmetopin.com. I'll see you there. I think that actually shocks a lot of people because we talk so much about like Facebook and Instagram, but Pinterest is kind of like that hidden tool in our tool belt that is driving the most organic traffic. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. Thank you to AppSumo for supporting Gold Digger. AppSumo is all about helping businesses grow. And this year, you're invited to their first ever Sumo Day. Starting July 13th, they're bringing you 72 hours of extra special products, discounts, and giveaways. Visit social.appsumo.com slash Jenna Kutcher for all the Sumo Day updates. I used to believe that natural skincare, it couldn't work as well. But then I found Primally Pure and my skin has forever transformed. To see my skin transformation and get 15% off your Primally Pure order, go to jennacutcher.com slash skincare and use the code gold digger. All right. Hey, gold diggers. Welcome to this episode of the show. I've brought on my cohort, Kylie. Welcome to the show, Kylie. Hello. And I'm so excited because today we're going to be talking about all things content, creation, promotion, why it's necessary, our secret tools to getting organic results, how to make sure your content is seen and not just seen on the day you publish it, but for weeks and months to come. So this one is all about content. Are you ready? I'm so ready. I Listen, I'm going to hit you with a generalization and I need to know if you agree with me or if you think it's kind of true of what you're seeing in the industry right now. So it's in my experience, I've seen people either entering entrepreneurship where content is their business and they love it and they love blogging or podcasting or creating a long form thing. Or I see people who have a business and creating content is this other thing on the list. And so it's either ignored or it's done very eagerly at the beginning and then it falls off and then they don't know where to pick back up with a content marketing strategy. Would you say that that's kind of like the general two groups that people fall in? Always. And I would say on top of that, people either love it or loathe it. Like it's funny because actually we were working on an email yesterday and we were using the words content creator and I deleted them because I was like, there are so many people who create content that are content creators that don't subscribe to that title for themselves or like don't acknowledge that that's what they're doing. Yes. But it also made me realize like, Every single entrepreneur or side hustler 
should claim that title because they are creating content no matter what realm they're in. And if they're not, they should be. Yeah. Why Why don't we like that title? I think it's actually kind of a good title. <laughs> right. Well, it's funny too, because I think when it comes to content creation, a lot of times we see the content that we're creating as either just like a part of our job or an extension of our brand without recognizing like, wait, no, this is a part of what I do. And, you know, we could all say like, we're marketers or, you know, we're entrepreneurs, we're creatives. But a lot of times we don't really cling to that piece of the business because either we we look at it as just a part of the business or we look at it as a piece of the business that we're abandoning or that we haven't quite started yet. So I think this topic is going to be really great to dive into, especially too, because I've been noticing within our business, you know, as a team, especially getting ready for maternity leave, our content creation process is so dang streamlined at this point that it is like silky smooth and it's exactly what I want for other entrepreneurs. I'm so proud of what we have going. It's good. <laughs> it's, it's a good a, thing. It's a beast too. And I don't think it came, it's not like it was a one day process putting this yeah. in motion. It's something we've really refined and worked on. And I think I've been with you almost three years now. Whoa. Yeah. I've been with you almost three years now. And just now I'm feeling like we have such a silky smooth system to get our content created, but also strategically promote it. So it's actually yes. doing something for us. Yes. And you know, what's so cool too, is if somebody's listening, they're like, oh, well, good for you. I don't <laughs> have a team because I know there are people thinking that right now. Fair. What's actually crazy is that the content creation that we do now, I used to do all by myself, the exact same things I did when I was a solopreneur and now I have support to back it up and I have the ability to plan in advance and to prepare thanks to having a team. But what we're doing today is just a more toned up, more beautified version of what I always did from the beginning. And so I'm really excited to talk about all of it. So where should we begin? Let's talk about, well, let's begin at the starting line. If you aren't creating any content right now, or maybe you created content in the past and it's not really doing anything for you, where do you begin with like auditing what your content creation process is right now? So one of the things that I think is so important when it comes to content creation is figuring out what type of content you can create that you can be consistent with. And I think the biggest thing that people do wrong, especially when they're starting out, is that they try to show up everywhere for everyone, creating in all the places. And like you said, you like lose your steam and you get really burnt out or you're not seeing immediate results and you think, well, this just must not work. And so what I have done and continue to do in my business is I start in one spot, get really consistent and good with that, create a routine or a structure around it. And then I start with the next thing. So for example, if you like to write content, starting with an email list or a blog would be a great place to begin. If you love to be on video, a YouTube channel or showing up on IGTV or Instagram stories or reels would be great for you. If you love audio, recording a podcast or even doing like voice notes or things like that would be a great thing for you. 
And so the biggest thing that I think is the number one obstacle in beginning is proving to yourself that you can follow through on creating something consistently. And, you know, not a lot of people know this, Kylie, but when I started my photography business, I also was the co-founder of a Midwest wedding blog. And so not only was I launching my own business on a blog, I also was publishing five posts a week for this Midwest wedding blog while also working my full-time job. That's a lot. And so we were publishing five posts a week for the wedding blog. I was also publishing content on my own blog, plus working a regular job. And so I had to create systems and structure early on to be able to stay up with that content schedule. And that was just how I began. And so you want to first just figure out what does consistency look like for you? What do you have in terms of time and bandwidth to offer right now? Maybe it's one email a week. Maybe it's one blog post a week. Maybe it's one Instagram post a week. But be realistic about it so that you don't let yourself down and enter the shame cycle that we all tend to do and start to show up consistently and start to create a system around it that gives you this ability to work ahead or to know what's coming next or to not stare at a blinking cursor or to hit record with confidence. And as your confidence grows in this one area, it's going to be able to expand to your next one and the one after that. I'm going to turn into a toddler for a second, which I'm sure you <laughs> I have would a lot appreciate. of experience with that. <laughs> so why? Why content marketing? Why creating content? Like I understand, okay, I'm gonna create a schedule around it and I'm gonna create this content, but I think I'm motivated when I know why I'm putting effort into something, right? So why do I have to be blogging or creating a podcast or creating videos? Like can I just go straight to market and sell my wares and people will show up. And then that's, I shut the lights off at the end of the day. I wish. (laughs) No, the answer is no. And here's the thing. So much of business and branding and community building these days has to start with serving. And no matter what you're creating or what platform you're creating on, you need to first establish your credibility, paint yourself as an expert, provide value, get people results so that they trust you. But then you also have to keep them in the know, right? So if we think of like know, like, and trust, they have to know you exist know what you do, know what you're known for. They have to like you, which they're going to like you more. If you're showing up consistently, they can rely on you. They know what to expect from you. And then they have to trust you. And trust is built with consistency. Think of any relationship you've ever been in. When someone shows up for you consistently, when they do what they say they're going to do, when you are able to rely on them, that's when you really enter a relationship with trust. And so all of marketing, all of business stems around the note, like, and trust factors. And you don't know, like, or trust someone that just comes straight out the gate selling to you, right? You are really like nervous about it. You feel uncomfortable. You might be turned away or turned off. You scroll on past it. And so when we think about content marketing, It needs to come from a place of serving before you ever go to sell. And something that's really interesting is content marketing costs 62% less than traditional marketing. 
So if you're listening to this and you don't have a massive budget to invest in Google ads or Facebook ads or Pinterest ads or any sort of ads, and you don't have the ability to just go straight to market and, and invest in that traditional style marketing, then content marketing is going to be your key in building that no like trust factor, but also in creating an actual community, building a true brand and not just a business. A business is the set of products or offers or services that you sell. A brand is the personality behind that offer. Think about, (laughs) Drew and I were talking about these refrigerator ads. I always think of them. I don't know why, where it's Dak Shepard and Kristen. Kristen, what's her last name? uh, Kristen Bell. Thank you. Kristen Bell. And I always laugh because I'm like, man, that refrigerator company, I think it was LG, was super smart to get them to give their refrigerators a personality. Like I'm not even on the market for it, but like the way they make it look fun and the way that they're engaging with it, I'm like, oh, that refrigerator is really cool. And it's like the fact that I remember this refrigerator is because that business was smart enough to hire a personality to make it a memorable brand. And so what's so beautiful about content marketing is that you're able to build a true brand, build the no like trust factor, and get people results by serving them before you ever go to sell to them. And I can promise you, if you do that, it's going to make the selling process a lot less intimidating and a lot more results-based. I was over here about to make a statement that content marketing only became necessary or popular or a thing in the age of the internet. I said, before I make that statement, I'm going to Google it real quick. So I Googled it. No, content marketing, the concept, 1912, before the internet, anything. So that's how long this concept of building brand loyalty and becoming a part of your consumer's world beyond just what you're selling them. This is like an age old, like over a century old idea. (laughs) Now I just feel schooled. I love that because here's the thing to think about too. And I think a lot of early entrepreneurs don't think about this is it is a lot easier to keep a customer to increase their lifetime value than to constantly be going out and getting new customers. And so if you're relying on traditional marketing via paid ads, you're acquiring customers, but you haven't really built that trust or that relationship with them. And so when you lean on content marketing, you're able to really become a staple, a trusted person in someone's life, and their lifetime value is going to increase, meaning you're not constantly out there in the world trying to get new customers. You're able to serve people for the long haul, increasing their lifetime value, increasing their results, hopefully, and their joy. And it's going to like actually give you this longevity in how you're showing up, not just in your business, but for other people too. We have the why behind content marketing and like kind of the foundations of where to start thinking about what you can actually reasonably commit to on a consistent schedule. But I think the next biggest hang up with content marketing is the fact that you have to keep doing it. And so you get into this hamster wheel that it's never ending. And it's always something on your to-do list. And that just taking up space in your brain can really take you away from the other parts of your business. So what's the secret there to getting off that constant content creation cycle? 
So have you ever heard of Pareto's principle that, you know, 10% of your work will yield 90% of your results? Yes. Yes. So I did not understand that until a few years into entrepreneurship, specifically around content creation. It's something I still kick myself for. I was not relying on data or driving specifically for results. I was just creating a content creation schedule and sticking to it. And for me, I am the type of person where if I commit to something, I am all in. Like I, for years, I blogged Monday through Friday, never missed a day on my own blog, Monday through Friday. That is creating posts every single day. And what I was failing to do was to really hold the ruler up and be like, is this driving results? You know, is that one Facebook post where I'm sharing this blog post actually gaining any traction? Are people even ingesting this? Are they are they looking at this every single day? Who reads blogs daily? And so it took me a long time to really make sure that my efforts were being matched with strategy and with results. And strategy is a word that I've shied away from for many years as a female, because I feel like when you hear that women are strategic, the next types of words that accompany that are conniving or, you know, it, it kind of gives you a weird picture. But I now own the word strategic as a really big piece of my superpower. And so when you are creating content and you feel like you're just getting on the hamster wheel, you're just creating for the sake of creating, it might be time for you to really take inventory, look at your results, and make sure that every piece of content that you're putting out there serves a purpose. And the purpose is not always in selling. In fact, I would say 10% of the time you should be selling, 90% of the time you should be serving. But is it creating connection? Is it helping people get results? Is it helping paint you as an expert? Is it showing people what's possible? There should be a direct result through every piece of content that you're creating. And when you can look at it through that lens, it helps for you to just step off of the hamster wheel to create for the sake of creating. And it allows you to show up with confidence in your creation process saying, I am creating this so that X, Y, or Z can happen. And so I just you know, used to avoid things like Google Analytics, which now is something we look at on a weekly basis. I didn't love to like look at, you know, click through rates or open rates of emails or things like that. And you've got to kind of put on your scientific hat and look at the actual tangible results that you are getting from what you're doing, looking at that return on investment of your time and your energy so that you can make sure that any amount of time that you're spending in content creation is you know, yielding results for you. And I think that it can totally shift the way that you look at creating content, make it way more fun and help for you to feel that you are not wasting your time, that you're actually spending your precious time on something that will give you a great ROI. I think one of the things for me as a to-do list person, yes. when I'm creating a piece of content, whether it's a blog or a podcast episode, I just, I want to get it to the point where I can cross it off my list, right? I hit yes. and then I'm done and then on to the next one. But I think in order to be effective in your content marketing strategy, you can't cross it off your list when you hit publish. Like there's more steps to follow, yes. right? So how do you start getting, I mean, the point of content marketing is to bring traffic in, to bring people to your site, to experience your brand and take the next step with you. So 
how do you even begin to get people landing on your page long after you hit publish and cross it off your list with force? (laughs) So I love this question because I think that in today's world, we put way too much significance on social media and we've kind of gotten away from long form content. And one of the reasons why I'm really passionate about this, and I, I love social media, it absolutely plays a role in business and marketing and strategy. But a lot of people, when they start their business, they rely solely on social media and they're not building things that they can control like an email list. And they're not building a library of resources or or how they're serving, whether that's through a blog or a podcast or whatever that they own and they can control. And so what's so interesting to me is that social media posts, like the average Instagram post lives and dies within about three hours. If you're lucky, it can like still be getting you some sort of results. But when you think about results, quote unquote, when we talk about social media, we're talking engagement, likes and comments. We're not necessarily talking about clicks, purchases, you know, direct communication. And so What we've found is that our long form content, whether it's the podcast or our blog posts, those still can drive results for us weeks, months, and even years from now. Uh, A blog post I wrote about traveling with a baby was our top blog post visited last week, and I wrote it two and a half years ago. And so when you start to see that these long form pieces of content can get you results for way longer, the shelf life is way extended than that of social media. It can really flip the script on how you're creating and the value you put on creation. And so for us, the biggest secret to getting longevity in terms of getting your content that you've created seen and in front of the right people is actually Pinterest. And I think that actually shocks a lot of people because we talk so much about like Facebook and Instagram, but Pinterest is kind of like that hidden tool in our tool belt that is driving the most organic traffic for us and is giving our content the longest shelf life. I'm talking years. And that's through Pinterest. Isn't that kind of crazy? It is crazy. And I know that other people think it sounds crazy too, because in our Gold Digger podcast, Facebook insiders group, I've seen more than once someone ask, is Pinterest dead? And it used to be like, is blogging dead? And we'd have to defend that. Now they're asking about Pinterest. But if it's our number one organic traffic driver to the business, clearly it's still alive and well. Oh, it is so alive and well. It's so funny, Kylie, because I saw one of those posts in our insiders group and I commented no with like multiple exclamation points. And I was like, it is not (laughs) dead. It is so alive and well. And what's so incredible about Pinterest that a lot of people forget is it's not social media. It's a search engine. So people are going on there and typing in keywords and over 95% of their searches are non-branded searches. So when we were talking earlier about building a brand, not just a business. What's so cool is that people are on Pinterest to discover new things. So they're just typing in topics, keywords. How do I do this? And it's not just for home renovations, cute outfits, makeup tutorials, any of that. Like it's insane the amount of resources you can find on Pinterest using that search feature. And so for us, what's been so powerful and so cool is that we spend about an hour on our Pinterest strategy 
a week. We get over 1.1 million monthly views. Sometimes it's closer to 2 million monthly views on our pins, but those views don't just stop there. Like just like on Instagram where you get likes and comments, that's where it ends, right? Like then people are scrolling to the next thing. The views signify that then those people are clicking through to our page and that is traffic landing to a place that we own, landing to content that we've created usually weeks or months before. And it's giving people that chance to connect in a space that we have more control over than social media. So I am obsessed with Pinterest. I am a huge believer in it. And it is like the secret weapon for making sure that your content is actually working for you and working longer than just a few hours. I look at old pictures of myself and I see a girl who tried every magical skincare potion that was marketed as the answer to my problems with no real changes. What I didn't know is that my body was absorbing every chemical that I slathered on my face. I got really serious about non-toxic skincare after my fertility journey because what I put on my skin was really impacting the inside of my body too. Although I was skeptical, like could a non-toxic product really work as well? I tried Primally Pure, and now it's the only line I'll trust with my skin. Primally Pure uses nature's most precious elements to make non-toxic skincare products that support radiant skin, a healthy body, and a happy self. From deodorant to cleansers to CBD serums, each product is crafted with recognizable ingredients that truly work. I've been using the Primally Pure Clarifying Serum just five drops a day for a few months. My skin is breaking out less, it's brighter, and it's helping me keep inflammation down. And Primally Pure Cleansing Oil, it absolutely changed my skin skin and the way that I thought of skincare. It feels like magic, but really it's non-toxic skincare that not only does the job, it makes my evenings feel like little spa getaways. For 15% off your order, go to primallypeer.com and use the code golddigger. That's code golddigger at primallypeer.com. Learn more about all of my favorites and how I use them at jennacutcher.com slash skincare. That business challenge you're facing or the entrepreneurial idea you've been sitting on? Well, I bet AppSumo can help. AppSumo was created with one idea in mind. The tools you need to grow your business shouldn't put you out of business. Their vast library of apps, programs, and software will help you tackle pretty much anything that you can dream up. Clean up your calendar with a scheduling app. Tackle marketing and sales strategy with an email funnel builder. Get clear on the best hashtags for your industry and more. Actually, I think I'm going to dig into that hashtag app. It's called Hashtag for Likes on AppSumo. I love digging into what's working in the ever-changing social media space. Now, AppSumo is all about helping businesses grow. And this year, you're invited to their first ever Sumo Day. Starting July 13th, they're bringing you 72 hours of extra special products, discounts, and giveaways. So if you need some new tools to tackle a business challenge, visit social.appsumo.com slash Jenna Kutcher for all the Sumo Day updates. That's social.appsumo.com slash Jenna Kutcher for all the Sumo Day deets. I remember when Pinterest first came out and you had to like apply for an invite. It was like this invite only beta and I wanted it so bad to, you're right, like build boards with recipes and DIY projects and cute outfits, which were like all chunky necklaces and like the lace trim (laughs) cami, you know, like what we wore in college. Oh Lord, help us. But it's so much more than that. I've also found just as a consumer on Pinterest that it's a lot more friendly of an experience for me scrolling wise. Like 
Like I feel like Pinterest wants to serve me what I want to see versus being on social media, scrolling my Instagram feed, Instagram showing me what they want me to see, what's going to keep me on their app, taking action on their paid ads that are being served up to me. And so it's just a kind of different, more positive experience. At least personally, that's how I feel as a consumer these days. And so I find myself scrolling Pinterest because I'm actually getting to see what I want to see. Well, and what's so cool about Pinterest is when you think about the other social media platforms, they don't want people to swipe up or to get off of the app. Like they actually really like hit you in terms of algorithm for getting people to go off of the app because their goal and objective is to keep people on as long as possible. And what's cool about Pinterest is that their desire is to connect you with the right information that serves you so that you keep saving it and show up for more. And so I feel like it's like a direct connection for content creators because people are being able to be connected to what they're searching for. And it's a beautiful visual platform. But beyond that, then they're being guided to the place where they can get that information, that inspiration that they were looking for. And so I just think it's a lot more content creator friendly platform when it comes to getting people into seeing the work that you've worked so hard on. So I know that you, I mean, you teach Pinterest. We have the Pinterest lab. You have so many resources on the blog. We've talked about Pinterest a lot on the podcast, but I still think that there are people who are approaching Pinterest for the very first time. And I know I came just as a consumer to Pinterest first before I understood that anyone can put stuff on there. Like that was a completely... So (laughs) where does like the strategy begin? Like how does someone think about, okay, I want to drive traffic to my content using Pinterest as a tool. How do you even just get started and dive in to thinking about what that process looks like for you? You know, it's so funny because I remember too when someone like screenshotted one of my pictures as a wedding photographer and was like, oh my gosh, this is on Pinterest. And I was like, I know I put it on there. But yeah, it is it is one of those things where people don't realize like you can bring value and content onto the platform. And what's super interesting about that is it really changes the way that you use it. And it really gives you a sound strategy to use for it. So when you think about it in terms of being a search engine and not just social media, it formulates the way that you make content so that it's searchable. You actually end up using a lot more things like search engine optimization, SEO, and keywords in how you create. And so it shifted the way that we create specifically in terms of creating things that the people are searching for, that we know, that we're experts in, that I teach on. And so what's so cool is when we were starting the show, we were talking about one of the reasons why you create content is to provide this evidence that you are a credible source or an expert or that you have some sort of expertise or gift that you can share with others. And so when you are bringing your content onto Pinterest, you want to make sure that you're typing and sharing things that you are an expert in or that provide value or insight or information or inspiration for other people. And so it's so cool. And I mean, really, if you remember the fact that Pinterest's motto and mission is to inspire their audience, you want to think about like, how can my content inspire other people? And so it's really interesting because 
like when you create pins, you just want to connect people with what they were searching for. So it could be anything from, you know, home decor DIY to a makeup tutorial to a recipe to uh, how do I change my highlight covers on Instagram. But you just want to be thinking about what people are searching for and then creating content like that, which is so cool. Okay, so Pinterest I would say, and I think you'd probably agree with me, a big bang for your buck, meaning you don't even really have to spend a buck to get started on Pinterest, right? Right. So what I think is the coolest thing about Pinterest, and here's here's a quick story that will illustrate this. I was talking to one of my friends the other day. She's also an entrepreneur. She's an author. She's a blogger. And we were just talking about our teams. And she goes, you know, I just let go the girl that was doing my Pinterest strategy. I don't know. She was doing it. I don't really know if it was working. And then we started getting on the topic of blogging. And she's like, well, how many blog views do you get a month? And I shared our numbers. And she goes, whoa, well, how are you doing that? And I said, "Uh, you're probably not going to want to hear this, but Pinterest. (laughs) And she's like, oh, wait, okay, what? And so it was super interesting because I told her, I was like, Pinterest strategy, like if you're outsourcing or doing it on your own, should only take you about an hour each week. And the best part is that you can automate a lot of it and schedule a lot of it. And once you start to see trends or notice like what's really working, you can really double down on that in terms of how you're creating in the future and how you're sharing your past creations. And so I just think it's really cool because there's so much creation that we're doing. And one thing we found, and honestly, frankly, we're still very guilty of it as a brand, is that we create so much content that we aren't really putting as much time as we should be into figuring out how we're promoting that. What does it look like? And you know, beyond just Pinterest, I mean, if we want to get into some of the other platforms, because I think they're worth mentioning and talking about, you know, we were talking about like, when you look at our brand, we're creating two podcast episodes a week, complete with show notes that are on the blog. We're also writing two extra blog posts, sometimes three, which means we have a lot of content going out. We're also writing to our email list, posting on social media, showing up in our private Facebook groups. And so there's a lot of creation happening. And what I think more entrepreneurs need to be asking themselves is, is the amount of time that I've spent creating Am I spending equal, if not more time on the promotion plan around that? And a lot of times if we're being honest, if we're people like you and I, Kylie, who like to just cross things off of our list, the creation piece is taking a lot more of our time than the promotion piece. And so what I love in terms of Pinterest is that we spend one hour a week to drive the most organic traffic to our site. And it's this process that now has become very much automated. It's very much just a part of our routine. And it takes far less time than planning out our social media posts, showing up on social media, engaging on it, where we can't even necessarily track, like, are there tangible results coming from it? And so it's really interesting. But should we hit on a little bit about how we've gotten a little bit more strategic about how we're sharing our content on all the platforms? Yes, we should talk okay, about that. <laughs> so one of the things that we started doing as a brand that has been, I think, really cool and helpful is doing like content roundups and and doing it not just in one spot, but in multiple. So 
For example, on my Instagram, every Friday or Saturday, I'll post, you know, here's everything that came out this week. Because let's be honest, I don't get on stories every single day and share about what was just published or what new episode dropped, even though I should. And so doing that roundup post helps our audience just see here's everything that came out this week. I can swipe up to check out any of it. Kylie, you started implementing like on Fridays on the Gold Digger podcast, Instagram, we recap the week. So here's what came out on Monday. Here's what came out on Wednesday. Here's what's coming out. And just kind of re-inviting people in because a lot of times what happens is we create and spend so much time creating. And then we drop one little invitation that maybe 3% of our audience even sees. And then we're moving on to the next creation. And so we've been challenging ourselves to get a little bit more strategic about like, well, how are we making sure people know this exists? How are we reminding them to circle back if they were busy or if they saw it and they meant to click on it and they didn't? And even including things like roundups in our email posts, like here's what we've hit publish on lately, or here's the last five podcast episodes if you need to click through or you missed them. And so I think it's just a really good challenge for all of us as creators to really ask ourselves, like, am I doing this content creation justice in the way that I'm promoting it? When I started doing those Friday posts that recap the two episodes that week, I honestly had this little twinge of like, okay, is this annoying? Or people are like, okay, we've heard it. But you're right. Such a small percentage even saw the first post the first time around. And so that content that could really speak to someone and help someone, it could have missed them the first time around. And so adding in those Friday posts is just another way, another touch point to get people into the content that we worked so hard to create that the guests have given their time to help us create. And it's never an annoyance because chances are you're not hitting the same person twice. Plus, who doesn't need a reminder these days? Like, let's be honest. There was a funny meme the other day and it was like, what it feels like when you're launching and it's like somebody feels like they're like shouting from the rooftops, like so annoying. And then it's like what the reality of launching is. And it's like after midnight on cart close, someone's like, oh, you launched a course. And it's like, that's like the reality of this is like, if you feel like you're annoying, you're still not hitting everyone. And the people you are hitting are either interested and they've gone and taken action or they're just scrolling on past it. So you don't need to be apologetic about your promotion. I also think it's fair to mention that if you are feeling fatigue with social media, if you are getting frustrated with the changes that seem to pop up overnight and the app is all different and you can't find the button that you used to press to post, I think that's really a common feeling across social media right now. I mean, I know we're personally feeling it, just figuring out how to navigate those spaces and show up effectively and serve the people who want to be served by us, all while knowing that those apps are being operated by people who have their own strategies too. And so if you're feeling the fatigue, we're right there with you. Social media, man, it's, it doesn't get easier by the day. (laughs) No. And you know, it's so funny. I was actually just talking to like one of my best friends in business and she was like, my goal is to build a business that doesn't need social media. And I was like, okay, let's walk through this. And she was like, if I can just grow my email list to a point where I can just slide into inboxes, serve them, 
invite them, and then do some paid ads. Like if I can get to a place where I don't have to show up every single day or where I don't feel guilt about creating, you know, all of this content on social media that lives and dies within a few hours and only a few percentage of my audience even sees it in the first place and less than that even click off to do the thing that I'm asking them to do. That is the goal. And honestly, at this stage of my life too, I'm like fully aligned with that goal because it's like, I don't want to be 40 and being like, here's what I'm eating for breakfast this morning. (laughs) Like I want to run my business. I want to serve the people who are there and wanting to be served. I don't want to feel like I'm shouting to the masses. And I think that it's such a good reminder for us too that like social media is not the end all be all and it should not be your number one goal as a business owner. Figuring out ways to build a true community, serve them and get results is like the number one thing. And that's why we very much rely heavily on our own content creation process, building out a strong resource library, whether it's through the blog and the podcast, and then showing up in people's inboxes and serving them on a more intimate basis. And so the more that I talk to people, the more that their goal is like, use social media to grow those other things so that I don't have to be on social media every single day of my life. And I think that's, you know, something that maybe more people are feeling these days. I want to put a formal call out. There has to be someone out there who has built a successful business by their own definition of success without social media. There's got to be a business owner who doesn't even have an Instagram account. Yes, there are absolutely people. I know one of my friends, Shanna Skidmore, gave up social media for a whole year and still ran her business. And I think she still hit her numbers. And I was talking to another friend who recently had her second child and she was like, I really haven't been on social media much and my business hasn't been impacted. And if it was, I'd probably show up a little bit more. But I would love to do an interview with someone who is not on social media running a successful business. Email us so that we can have you come on the show and we can talk about it. Yes, I think that would just be a really interesting perspective because while you teach Instagram and you do a beautiful job doing it, that's not always the place that people want to show up. And so luckily you also teach other areas that can totally help them (laughs) show up and have a successful business. So I think that would be really interesting. The funny thing is too is like Instagram is just a piece of the puzzle. Like it's not like the puzzle. It's just a piece of it. And, you know, it kind of, it's, it is the worth that you put on it and the way that you give it. But it's like, when I look at all the areas I teach on podcasting, email marketing, Pinterest, Instagram, content creation, they're all an integral part of the brand that we've built. And one is not necessarily more important than the other, but they all work together. And I think a lot of people put weight on just one channel or one thing, and that's when they get frustrated and when results can change. I mean, for example, anyone that's been running Facebook ads, the iOS update through everything off. And so if you've been relying on just ads and you haven't been creating content or serving your audience or showing up regularly, whatever that looks like for you, you're screwed right now. Like you're floundering. And so again, it's just this like evidence. And it's like, how many times do we need to be reminded that like, we cannot build our businesses or rely on one channel that we do not own or cannot control to fuel our businesses because things will always be changing and we'll always have to be resilient and adaptable and we'll always be adjusting. But I know for a lot of people like right now, they're they're floundering and they're trying to figure it out. 
And while it definitely throws a wrench in a lot of systems, it shouldn't, you know, tank your business. And so I think it's just always a good reminder for all of us. Okay. So you just granted a lot of permission. You changed a lot of minds about Pinterest. We're all rip roaring and ready to go (laughs) with content (laughs) marketing. So what if we want to get started? Like what's the next best step to dive in to content marketing, using Pinterest and diversifying our promotion efforts beyond social media? Well, I would say go to the website, teachmetopin.com, where I will teach you how to pin how to make sure that it's not taking up a lot of your time and how to strategically use Pinterest as a tool in your content creation toolkit. And what I think is so incredible about it is that it's going to help for you to be thoughtful so that we're not falling prey to 90% creation, 10% promotion and not really getting results, but it'll allow you to create in a way that helps you to show up and to serve with intention and really build that no like trust factor that we talked about at the very beginning of this episode and to create with purpose. And so again, it's teachmetopin.com. And I am just so obsessed with Pinterest because it's not a complicated platform. There aren't tons of massive algorithm changes dropping every single day. And when you understand that it's a search engine, it totally changes how you create, how you show up, how you serve. And my favorite part is that it gives you long-term results, which I think is one of the biggest things that are missing from a lot of people's strategies when it comes to marketing and promotion. I think Pinterest results are one, it's that one area that you really have to see to believe it. Just like your friend who let someone go who once ran Pinterest and you said, no, no, Pinterest is how we're driving traffic. (laughs) It's one of those things. Just, it's kind of like, trust us here. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And it's, you know, that conversation was just hilarious in how we circled because we were going back and forth with voice text and she tells me that she lets the Pinterest girl go. Then we get onto traffic. Then we talk about blogging and we talk about how the blog is driving these massive results in our business. And then she's asking me, well, how, how, how? And I'm like, I think you need your Pinterest gal back. And if she (laughs) wants to take her course, she can so that she knows how to do it. But, you know, it is one of those things that I think a lot of people don't fully understand. And so they never fully implement. And it has been absolutely game changing for a business for years. And it's one of those staples that I just think we will never never lose because it's really driving results for us. And so if you're on that content creation machine and you want to get off the treadmill and really understand how to drive results and to give your content the longevity it deserves because your time is so precious, you'll definitely want to check out our webinar all about Pinterest. Jenna, thank you for spending this precious time with me to talk about Pinterest. Well, thank you for coming on the show again. It is so fun to get to have these conversations and to dive into these topics. And man, I feel like the lucky one here. You know what? Gold diggers, you want to say the line? Until next time, gold diggers. Keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. 
Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. 